Hello, group chat. I'm so excited for you all to hear this episode. Um, this week, we're talking about a whole bunch of things. First, buying black for the holidays. Uh, we learned about endometriosis. We even talked about Travis Scott and what a terrible tragedy that astral world was. And we have an amazing black girl doing shit, Tia Mallory. Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Texting. <laughs> it's me, Shade. Chelsea's having a little headphone drama, but she's here. Yes. Hello, everyone. It's Chelsea Pinky. You're repping my set today. Oh, I was trying to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you all are watching or are awaiting the voice of Bedsty Brat, Glenn Pogue, she ain't coming. So uh, she's a busy gal. <laughs> she's got a lot going on with work. So Chelsea and I are holding down the fort, but we have a really dope guest coming on. So I think you guys will be pretty pleased. And yes. Yeah. With that, we should just jump on in, shall we? Yeah. Into Red or Reply. On Red or Reply. All right. <laughs> Do you want me to kick it off? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I think I'll start with my reply. Um, I'm going to reply to, um, if you don't know this, I've been staying in Mexico, kind of bopping around for a while. I'm currently in Mexico City. And I have just been doing some amazing shopping, but like really cool local people. Like I'm not just like going to the mall. Like um, there's some really dope designers and artists out here. I've had my eye on some cowboy boots for the longest. Like I've wanted them for so long. And I hopped into like a friend's gallery and his wife like owns a store in the gallery. And what do I see? Cowboy <laughs> boots. Oh, wait, do you have them? I do, but I have to like get up and go get them. They're white. They're so cute. They're like real leather. They're incredible. I probably would have paid an arm and a leg, especially since I've been looking at like Isabel Marant cowboy <laughs> boots, which is unnecessary. Um, so really hype about that. Um, it was like gallery week here. Um, mm. So like we were popping into different things, but also went to the showroom that kind of has like different local Mexican designers. And I got this amazing corset, which honestly I need to lose breasts for, but you know, that's <laughs> on the horizon. And um well, they might not know, actually. Do they know? Oh, yeah. I really am trying to get a breast reduction, y'all. Um, I like to say I'm getting my titties done because I think that sounds sexier than a breast reduction. But, um, yeah, I had the consultation and all that fun stuff. <sighs> now for the money. I need to make sure my insurance is going to cover it and all that fun stuff. But it's time. Like, I can't walk around with these any longer. they got <laughs> to go. So, um, if anyone wants to sponsor me, just in case that insurance doesn't kick in for a while, feel free to cash at me. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
And my red, um, first and foremost, I, I want to say um, to anyone who lost a loved one, to the folks who passed at the Astro World concert, um, we're definitely praying for all those people because there were some very young people who, who died and um, either were injured. It just seems like my worst nightmare and super, super scary. Um, so I wanted to preface with that, but my red is kind of like a lot of the conspiracy theories that I've been seeing that have come out of that incident. Like I've seen so many people being like, well, Travis did a blood sacrifice for the Illuminati and that's why those people died. And it's like, okay, whatever you want to believe, fine, sure. Like you want to believe that the Illuminati is involved in this incident like keep that to yourself because I just think it's really kind of inconsiderate when like people lost like loved ones like I want to say a 10 year old died oh my gosh yeah and then for people to be like well yes because this was all part of the like come on like it just feels really insensitive and like if you were there or you lost someone that you love to see people try to like I almost feels like they're making a mockery of it in a sense to me well, have um, you seen the people that were there that said that? People who were there are saying that it was a, a Illuminati sacrifice? Yeah, there's like a few like TikTok videos of, obviously I wasn't there, so I'm not <laughs> I saying can't believe these words happened, are coming out of our mouths. Slash, I'm not saying that it couldn't have happened. I don't know. I, this world is crazy. I don't know. But people who were there, they were like, no, it literally all of a sudden just turned into like a hell. And it felt like there were, like there was like darkness and like, Mm-hmm. something spiritual was happening and then apparently mm-hmm. it was like the new moon of scorpio it all sounds very conspiracy theory and i do agree with you that like all this stuff is very insensitive in terms of like let's get the facts let's try right. to see what actually happened but yeah there are people that were there that are saying like it just was not normal like some girl was like i'm trying to remember exactly what she said but she was like it was fun and then all of a sudden like people were just dropped she was like oh no one could breathe like it was just like all of a sudden and like Travis kept performing and it felt like they were like all of a sudden in hell. That's so scary. That that oh, I have heard, that I have heard from from people attending. I haven't seen anyone like attribute it to some type of like sacrifice of Travis Scott to ascend to the, Anus. I don't even know what the <laughs> fuck it is, the, the, the highest level of Illuminati. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I just think it's a bit much but again I I I really am like praying for those people because it's so crazy like you go thinking you're going to a concert and you're gonna have fun and then like something like crazy like that happens and it's not one of those instances where like you know not that this is okay either but like a shooting or someone attacks someone you know like one of those things that you would be like okay, maybe this could have been prevented with like metal detectors or whatever. It it seemed like it just was just a crazy, scary incident. Yeah. Well, like, so all the reports are still coming in, right? But just to share, for those of you who don't know, um, there's like a bunch of different reports. Some of the things being said um, are as follows. Some people are saying that from the beginning, it was they should have known it was going to be an issue and problematic because the concert was overbooked by approximately 10, 10 to 12,000 people. Oh, my God. Um, and before the concert even started, people bum rushed the entrance. And for sure, over a thousand tickets weren't scanned. Over a thousand bags weren't checked. Um. <gasps> There was a police report that said that someone reported um, seeing someone like 
someone going through the crowd like pricking people so like yeah like injecting people yeah yeah so there's and you know to to a lethal dose of fentanyl is very small um so in the event someone was poking people with fentanyl that could cause a bunch of deaths Mm -hmm. also that sounds like a terrorist attack to me but like i don't know um what other reports did i hear uh well i heard some people literally while he sorry go ahead the last thing that he continued to perform while he was told there is a dead person in the audience there's a Mm. video of him seemingly looking down at the body and Mm. continuing to perform and yelling it's lit so yeah it's not looking good for for travis it's not looking good either i heard as well that like some because it was just so overcrowded and people were like you know these kids they moshing and carrying on that people were like suffocating yeah in the crowd and like that was a lot a lot of part of like people like passing out so that literally sounds like my worst nightmare. I like don't go to concerts and crowds for that exact reason. So I just cannot imagine. Like I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I also heard the whole concert is like GA. So like you can't really escape the mosh right. miss. I don't know. It's just really sad. And I feel bad for all those young people who, you know, seemingly just went out to see a concert and, you know, lost their lives right before the holidays. Like it's right. really sad. Um, so I hope that all gets situated. I hope whoever, if there is someone to blame for this, like if someone was actually going around poking people with fentanyl, I hope that person fucking dies in jail. Um, but yeah, it is, it's so sad. Um, yeah. Um, my red is, have you seen that Rikers on Rikers Island? They're like bribing, uh, they're bribing the inmates. And they're like, if you get vaccinated, we'll give you a Big Mac. Are you kidding? No. Yeah, so that's a thing. And then this is a little old, but like we didn't talk about it. And so I'm still going to say I'm also leaving Elon Musk on red, who said that he would sell $6 billion worth of Tesla stock. Um, This could help fight world hunger. But before he did it, he would need the UN to basically share their entire plan of how they would do it how they're going to like end world hunger before yeah. he uh, fits, gives them some money. Here's, money order. here's my thing on that though. A little arrogant. It comes up very like, what the fuck? Like obviously your money would help end world hunger, but I'm not mad at him asking for a plan because these organizations are corrupt as fuck. And I do want to, I, if I were him, yeah, I'd be like, I want to see what you're going to do. Like, I think there's one thing to be like, oh, will my money actually cure like world hunger? Like, yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing to see it like actually executed in practice. And I think that like, it is important that like, that is public knowledge and public information. So no money is going to like shady places. Yeah. And I also too, I'm just curious, like, how would they do it? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it would be. I think it's totally warranted to be like, okay, it's my money. Like, can I be involved? Can I, you know, have transparency into how the funds are being allocated? But in the meantime, while he's waiting for them to, I don't know, give him a debrief, uh, millions of children are dying every day because they can't eat. Correct. So I don't know if we have time to uh, appease Elon Musk. And if he has the money, like fucking give the people the money who will do something good with it, in my opinion. And then I am replying to the Real Housewives of Potomac. Honestly, I had higher hopes for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. I actually thought it was okay. And last night, part one of Potomac was incredible. I'm behind and like, 
as soon as we get off this, damn, I got one more work call, but then I am going to Potomac and Insecure and a bitch is hype. I got a little sandwich. I got some chips. Both, both great. Feel both it. great. I actually wrote <laughs> Insecure and Potomac, both amazing. Um, just one thing I'll tell you, and it was in the commercial, so it's not a spoiler for, um, Potomac. Candace basically like has a whole breakdown because her family is fucked up now because of the situation with her mom going around talking shit about her husband. And we know it's been going on for like several seasons, but like now it's like, you know, it, it was, it was very overt during that video, uh, music video thing. And now his family isn't fucking with the mom. So it's a lot. And I actually kind of felt bad for Candace for once. <laughs> I mean, that was a thing that I feel like, and if you're, if you're a patron, you know, <laughs> we be talking about this show so much. <laughs> but one thing I kind of was like, not that it was okay how Candace came for the thing she said about me as mother, but it, I felt like for Candace, it was like similar, like low blow for her to be like, oh, it's low budget and talking to her mom because that is like a big point of contention between her husband and her mom and her yeah. this whole like, he don't have no money, da, 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 yeah. which like, obviously you wouldn't know if you weren't like aware of her situation. So I, I understand why that was like a soft point for her and why she kind of like spazzed and lost it. And so I did feel a bit bad for her. Because, like, her mom added fuel to the fire. Like, it was inappropriate for Mia to go and ask her mom that question. But it was also inappropriate for her mom to be entertaining that shit. Like, yeah. it's so ridiculous. They played it back, and it really looked real bad. I was like, what kind of mom would do? Like, yeah, you're making your daughter's life more difficult. <laughs> like, I don't And it's like, get we get that. it. You don't like Chris or whatever, but, like, right. they're married. So... And talk but, to Candace about it. Bitch at her about it. You don't go to her friends so that, or not even friends, her castmates. Right. So that now they have fuel against her and her marriage and her family. Like, it's just It's terrible. a bad look. Yeah. yeah. And and to add insult to injury, it's like, this is going to be the father of your grandchildren. Like, you don't want to, yeah. I don't know, her, Miss, what's her name? Dorothy? Yeah, so, yeah, I think Dorothy. And and she's a damn psychiatrist. I know. She I should like, be. Fired. What's the word? I was gonna say disbarred. <laughs> Take like, away all the credentials. Because you must know what you're doing, right? It's there's definitely a lot of manipulation over Candace, and I think she knows that. Like, oh, yeah, gross, gross. I feel bad for Candace. Um, well, yeah. I'm hyped to watch. It's so good. You have to text well, me. I was well, well. I was live tweeting on Black Girls Text One. So, oh, were you? I'll have yeah. to go check that out. You know, I don't know how twitter really works so i have to Me figure that either. out <laughs> i was using hashtags <laughs> um but yeah um i'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode with our black girl doing shit don't 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 try to jump over my hotline bling oh whoops was your hotline bling so this is also to you as the holidays are approaching i've been talking to a lot of people about like gift giving and shopping. And you know what I do for work is very shopping oriented. And so my cousins and I, and just some like family and friends have been talking about in the hotline bling that we're really going to try to buy black. Oh, I love for that. For the holidays. Um, I, so I did, I did want to share that with everyone. Like as you're thinking about building out your holiday gift giving, buy black as, as much as you can. Um, we have some dope people 
I, I don't want to reveal too much because we have like an ad that will be running soon from a really dope black owned business and, and more to come. Maybe I'll put together like a gift guide. But yeah, my hotline is blinging because we are making a strategy to buy blickety black this holiday. And I want to encourage everyone to do the same. Now, Chelsea, you I may proceed. That. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to proceed, but, um, you know, while I think that is great, I also wanted to share for those of you who, um, you should buy black. Oh, but remember, what's she going to say? Remember I sent you guys this Chanel thing? Uh-huh. So this is another on red real fast. Chanel raised their prices of their bags. And I actually just checked on the site. And my bag that I got is now $400 more than when my partner bought it for me. I'm surprised it's not even more. They don't want, they don't want us buying that shit. Why are they? It's, it's so weird. Because it Anyways. keeps... The, the less attainable the bag is, the more brand passion. Yeah, luxury they can be. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely getting myself a Chanel for my 30th, but I think I'm going to get something like vintage. Like I want something like like an old school. I don't know. I'm, I've been looking into it. Farfetch has a lot of like vintage Chanel's. But we're buying yeah. black. We're buying, we're buying black. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, we're buying black. I mean, I just got my black from Avenue. Um, they get on to improving yes. fashionable. So yes, definitely buying that. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. You all know we love a good black girl doing shit. <laughs> and we are joined today by Tia Maori. She is a powerhouse in the wellness space. You might all know her from a lot of other things, but as a black girl doing shit, she's multifaceted. She is the co-founder of Answer, a line of vitamins and supplements. Um, in January 2020, after struggling with health and fertility issues related to endometriosis. So her journey on um, changing her diet, fitness, and self-care practice inspired her to start Answer. And she didn't really see women of color being represented in the wellness and health industry and decided to say something about it. The line is now available in Target and has successfully expanded and is inspired by her goal of encouraging everyone to take charge of their health. Welcome to Black Girls Texting. Um, This is our segment that we, you know, we love to just highlight amazing Black women that are just killing it. So that's how you get introduced to the show. I feel like it's quite nice. (laughs) Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. Um, you are very kind, and I appreciate um, your kind words. So thank you. <laughs> of course. And I was joking with Shade. I don't know if you can see, but I have a mole drawn on my. Oh face. my gosh! Yes, like right here. Yeah, I'm. Wow. I'm. You know, your sister for the day. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's a funny story about the mole. So. It was one way, of course, you know, how people would tell us apart. Mm-hmm. And I actually stopped telling people this uh, because we would tell people um, that I have, I have three moles. So I have a mole here, a mole here, and a mole here. So mm-hmm. many people, you know, when we were in high school, junior high, they're like, how do we tell you guys apart? And then we'll say Tamara has, you know, the mole right here. And then Tia, she has three moles, like one, two, like one, two, three, T-I-A. So what would happen is everybody, when they would see me, they would walk right up to my face like this. Are you Tia? So I was like, okay, I'm not going to tell people. <laughs> That's a bit invasive. I'm tell, yeah, I'm not gonna, exactly. I was like, I'm not going to tell people that anymore. But um, that's another inside story of how we would tell people how you tell us apart. So it's funny that you say that about the mall, but that's so cool. Yes, it, 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 <laughs> honestly, it's just, 
a pimple that I'm covering up. Um, but I thought no way. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, BGT listeners. Have you ever seen a vitamin water display at your local store? It's like walking into an actual rainbow. Is it just me or are the flavors of vitamin water insanely attractive? Plus, with titles like Energy, Revive, Focus, Refresh, Essential, Power C, and Triple X, it's easy to pick a flavor to match your vibe. The real flex is flavor. Don't forget to check out the newest flavors, Gutsy Watermelon Peach and Look Blueberry Hibiscus. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. The holiday season has begun and Sprite Winter Spice Cranberry is back. This year, the seasonal flavor comes without sugar too. Bright Winter Spice Cranberry Zero Sugar is also available. Bright Winter Spice Cranberry is the cool, crisp taste of the Sprite you love, refreshed with tart cranberry and warm spice blend for the perfect holiday season chair. Available now till December 31st for while supplies last. Hey, BGT family, it's your girl, Chels Pinky. I know these are very strange times. You know, we've been in quarantine for over a year now and things are slowly but surely going back to normal. But for some of us, we might need a little help in terms of our mental health and all that we've been going through. I just started speaking to a therapist and it's been a great experience for me. Talkspace makes it super easy to match with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your home. You can start messaging with a therapist this same day that you sign up, which is pretty cool. You don't have to wait for any appointments, you know, scheduling that with going back to work and all the other things that are happening are is difficult. Um, I also think it's important to talk to someone who's licensed and a professional because sometimes you go to your family or your friends and confide in them and you don't actually get any practical advice. So Talkspace is an incredible option if you need to talk to someone who is licensed, who is professional. Um, if you match with a licensed therapist, when you go on to Talkspace.com, you'll get $100 off your first month with the promo code BGT. That's BGT, of course, for Black Girls Texting. And that's $100 off when you use BGT at Talkspace.com. Trust me, the hardest part is getting started. Love ya. Chelsea, Sade, and I have all been on our own workout journeys this year. And let me tell you, it has been a journey. For me, I always get thrown off because whenever I have a day planned to go to the gym and something comes up, I got to work late, I get invited to last minute drinks with friends, I end up missing days and days and days at the gym, and then I get thrown off my game. That's why we were all so excited when Obey Fitness entered the group chat a few months ago. Basically, Obey is a digital fitness platform that streams daily live classes with a ton of on-demand options too. When I only have 10 minutes, I squeeze in a Pilates core. And when I'm feeling spicy, I go for a dance hit, which literally will have me dripping in sweat. Whatever my mood or schedule, it's always so easy to find a workout that makes me feel good. Plus, it's vibey. The soundtracks are always bumping and the instructors are so much fun. And the best part is you can add your friends on the Obey app. So the girls and I have been able to work out together and hold each other accountable. Real talk, it's probably the best time I've had working out. So if you're waiting for a sign, this is it. You can use code BGT to get one month free at Obey Fitness. That's obefitness.com. Hey guys, so we are so excited for you to hear more from Tia and this episode's incredible. However, we did start to have some audio challenges. We don't really know what happened. We think it might be the AirPods. We don't know, but bear with us and stay tuned. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Um, chat. But first of all, I was reading your bio and 
I didn't even know what endometriosis is. And so I feel like many of our listeners might not know. Can you tell us what it is? Yeah. So like you, when I was diagnosed with endometriosis, I didn't even know what it was as well. It's just something that is not necessarily or wasn't something that was necessarily talked about. So you know, now I feel like more women are coming forward and sharing their stories. Um, but so basically endometriosis is a highly inflammatory condition um, that can cause in- infertility. And it's when um, scar tissue tends to grow along the outside of the uterus, um, which causes a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the symptoms are extremely unbearable and uncomfortable. Um, and your menstrual, um, it's, it's very intense. And what I mean by that is, of course, there's a lot of cramping, but there's a lot of clotting. Um, there's, you know, a lot of flow. Um, intimacy can be extremely painful. Uh, so it's definitely something that, you know, is, is challenging, especially when you don't necessarily know what's wrong or what it is that you have. Um, So that's what endometriosis is. And unfortunately, um, a lot of African-American women, um, uh, there's a high percentage of us that have it. And also that um, tends to be, you know, underdiagnosed. So with that said, once I found out what I had, I wanted to share my story. I wanted to bring awareness um, so that other women wouldn't suffer in silence like I did for years. Yeah. And like, it's so interesting that you said that because I just did like a blood test where mm-hmm. we're in our like mid to late thir- late 20s. Um, okay. So we're not moms yet, but we do think about becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. So I did like... Mm-hmm some blood tests where they can tell you how many eggs you have. Mm -hmm. It was very random how I found out about this, but like it's so many Mm -hmm. things about women's health. It's almost like invisible. Um, So Mm -hmm. how did you even know that you had this? Like, was it just research, like lots of Googling? I, yeah. So I didn't know that I had endometriosis for years, meaning I was extremely symptomatic. I was going through so much discomfort where I wanted to call an ambulance Um, I was in college at the time and I would excuse myself from the classroom because I was just in so much pain. Yeah. Oh yeah. There were times when, um, I remember this one class in particular, um, I was in and I had to excuse myself and I would go to the bathroom. And basically what I would do is I would sit on the toilet. Um, and I later asked my doctor after she diagnosed me, why was that some sort of relief for me. And she said, because it relaxes the muscles around the uterus. And so I found through time, you know, through trial and error, that that's what would make me feel a little comfortable. But I remember that same day when I was going home from class, my sister had to drive because I was in so much pain. I was curled up in a ball um, in the back seat. So how I knew that I had it, number one, was, of course, because I knew something was wrong because of the symptoms. Like, I would go to the doctor, and they would not take my symptoms very seriously. They would say, Mm. oh, just run it off, uh, take a hot bath, 
uh, put a heating pad on, I would have burn marks from the heating pad because I would keep it on all night to try to help me with, you know, my, my symptoms. But how I was diagnosed or how I knew that I had it was, you know, I had gone to several doctors and I finally, one of my friends, when I was, um, you know, having terrible symptoms, she, I was actually on the toilet, um, just kind of, you know, curled over and she was like, what's wrong? And then I finally opened up to her and she was like, I have the perfect doctor for you to go to. She's this black woman. She's a Harvard graduate and she is a gynecologist. And I really think you need to go because I wasn't going to a specialist. And I think that's mm. something that um, is really important is whatever issue that you're having, really try to go to a specialist. So I was just going to regular practitioners like doctors, you know, who didn't specialize in that area. So I was not properly being diagnosed. Um, so I was sent to um, a gynecologist, a black woman. As soon as I sat down and told her my symptom, she already knew what I had. She was like, you have endometriosis. I was like, what? She was like, you're in your um, mid-20s. And that's when a lot of the symptoms start to happen. She said, you're black. Mm. Um, and so you fit the prototype for, you know, someone with endometriosis. But in order for me to properly diagnose you, you have to have surgery. So I was, I never had been under any anesthesia. I'd never had any surgery. I'm in like my mid twenties, like, I, I, you know, yeah. um, but I was scary. desperate. So yeah, it's very scary. Mm -hmm. So I ended up having surgery. And then that's when they were able to go in with the scope, take pictures, and then you could see the scar tissue along your, um, the lining of your uterus. And that's when she diagnosed me. So that's when I knew I had what I had. Well, I'm so glad that, cause I know you said it affects fertility, but you were able to have two beautiful children. Yes. Um, how, like, how does that work? Is it just like, if you yes. it early, like you're okay. So how I believe and how my doctor believes, um, is after my, so prior to the first surgery, um, she had, um, you know, but like I said, you have to be properly, how you're properly diagnosed is through surgery. But what she did do was, you know, give me like pain pills. Um, those didn't work. So then she was like, okay, let's just go in and just really see, you know, exactly what this is. I know what it is, but anyway, so I actually had to have a second surgery because it was mm. just getting bad. Um, and after my second surgery, my doctor was like, look, if you don't want to have a third surgery, and if you want to have kids one day, uh, again, I was in my 20s, um, Corey and I, uh, you know, we were talking about marriage and having kids. And she said, you're going to have to change your lifestyle. Mm. I was like, what? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, I'm used to doctors, you know, uh, kind of doing things for you. But this was one doctor right. that put the responsibility in my hands and said, you are in charge. Um, and she said, you have to change your lifestyle. And she started to tell me, um, it's, it could be the foods that you're eating, mm -hmm. um, nutrition. So she pointed me in the right direction where I started to do tons of research, meaning I met, I was reading books. I met with the authors of these books. One book is called The Body Ecology Diet, and Donna Gates is the author of this book. I fell in love with it. She was talking about how food um, can either exacerbate or suppress um, autoimmune issues, and that's basically mm -hmm. what endometriosis is. It's an auto, it's, you know, it's an autoimmune issue, and many of us suffer from autoimmune diseases that we don't really know the name of them, what they are. 
eczema, you know, migraines and, and all of that um, was also what I was suffering with as well. And um, I read these books, I sat down with these, uh, these authors, and I started to change my lifestyle. I started to make healthier choices when it came to foods. I mean, I was in my twenties. I was in college. I was eating Cheetos like, you know, every day, (laughs) 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 you know, you're not worried about, you know, you're young and you think about all fruits and vegetables when you're older or, you know, (laughs) um, also for me, I only, whenever fruits and vegetables were a part of a conversation is if somebody had been diagnosed with cancer and they were like, okay, you need to change your diet. And so I was, I was focusing on, um, of course, trying to reduce the inflammation in my body because endometriosis is a highly inflammatory condition, but also prevention. You know what I mean? Like just because you're young, it doesn't mean that you should just not think about your future and your health when it comes to, you know, your health and your wellness. So I started to learn about food and what food does to your body when you eat certain foods. I started to learn about gut flora. I don't know if you guys know about gut flora. Um, Is that what you have to take like probiotics for? Probiotics, prebiotics, probiotics, mm-hmm. certain foods, because your, your gut is your immunity. Your gut mm-hmm. is your immunity. And not only is it, is it your immunity, it's your brain. So a lot of the foods that you eat can make you anxious depressed, all that. But I I learned all of this through my own research. Um, And then stress and how stress can trigger, you know, certain elements within our body. And then I started taking supplements, you know, and I saw a huge shift in my health and my wellness. My eczema was uh, suppressed. My um, endometriosis, um, my migraines went away and I got pregnant. And when I got pregnant, um, the first person I called, of course, was my mother. But the second person that I called was my doctor, uh, my my gynecologist. (laughs) And I said, guess what? I'm pregnant. And you want to know what her her exact words were? It was because of that diet. It was because of your change um, with your lifestyle. So when she gave me the A-OK with what I was thinking, I said, Mm -hmm. I can't keep this information to myself. I have got to share my story. And so I wrote a book called Whole New You, um, which talks about my journey with food and all of that. And then I came out with my supplements um, answer. And the tagline is, you are the answer. Um, Because again, I felt like once my doctor put me in that direction and gave me the responsibility. Like nobody can really help you but yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt the shift and the change that only benefited me. I love that. That's and incredible. So, so answers a line of vitamins and supplements, um, as we mentioned already. But like, how do you get started? Because I go into like vitamin shop or Target and I'm like, okay, do I Overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What's first? Do you have any advice on how to like get your feet wet in the supplement? Yes, I do. I do. And you know, the advice that I always like to start with is uh, perspective, right? Because it starts in the mind first. Once you have a healthy perspective and whatever's in your mind, then behavior and actions follow suit. Um, So I always like to tell people the first thing that you should um, be aware of or even meditate on is why are you doing this, right? The benefits of supplements, it goes a long way. We live in such a, our lifestyles are crazy, right? We're moving so fast. We're doing so many things. 
Some of us don't even eat the foods that we need to eat to allow our bodies to do what it's supposed to do. Our bodies are healing machines. If we give it the nutrients that it needs to do what it needs to do, right? So if we're moving really, really fast and we're forgetting to eat our veggies and our fruits and, um, you know, all of that, then we're not allowing ourselves to heal properly. So with supplements, you are supplementing your body with the things that you need so that you can reach your potential when it comes to your wellness and your health. So I would say first start with a great multivitamin, right? And a multivitamin will give you the nutrients that you need, um, you know, for energy, um, for even immunity, just to feel great, right? Um, so I would say start there. Then, um, you know, I, I am really into hair, skin, and, you know, nails. So I would go to a supplement that we have a great beauty supplement that um, is great for your hair, skin, and your nails. Then I would go there. And then what I tend to do too is seasonal, right? Um, or during the seasons, you're going to need more of certain things because of right. flu season, viruses, mm-hmm. and, and all of that stuff. So then focus on immunity boosting um, supplements like elderberry, vitamin C, vitamin D. So I tend to really focus on those things during flu season. So September, October, November, December, January, February. I want to make sure that I load up on supplements that help with immunity. But in regards to every day, um, I'm all about the women's multi and then also something that helps aid with sleep. Because we're just like always on the go, um, sometimes it's hard for you to, for me especially, to shut my mind down. But sleep is also really important when it comes to your wellness and your health. Um, And we have an amazing supplement called Restful Sleep, which, you know, has natural ingredients to, um, you know, help you wind down. Um, So I hope that wasn't overwhelming for you. But you're inspiring me. I'm like on the side on (laughs) (laughs) Target.com. I had a feeling. I was like, it looks like Chelsea's looking these things up as we go. Just (laughs) made her little list. Well, because I went to. That's so awesome. Shade, you know, I went to a nutritionist and he was like, your diet is sad. S-A-D, stereotypical American diet. Yes. (laughs) I eat Chipotle probably every other day, pizza, Mm -hmm. because I don't live at home anymore. So my mom's Mm -hmm. No, I get it. How is that your excuse, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am? And like we eat out practically for every meal, which is probably That's a lot of us. You know what I mean? But like I said, if you you don't understand the benefits or have that perspective, like what I was telling you about earlier – um, then that'll put you into gear and say, okay, yeah, like my diet isn't the best and I'm not allowing my body to do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, so let me just help it in some kind of way. And that's what's so great um, about supplements. Yeah. yeah. It's also interesting because I feel like a lot of what you are like hinting at is this disconnect that we've gotten from our bodies because we're so busy, but like you really have to listen to your body. Like I am a hundred thousand percent lactose intolerant and probably other things. (laughs) (laughs) I know that when I eat certain things, I'm like, wow, I actually feel awful. I feel Mm -hmm. awful. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, this is not 
what I need to be doing. And then when I'm eating, you know, well, I'm taking my supplements, I'm like mm-hmm. active, as annoying as it is, I'm like, wow, I actually, I feel good. Like, I don't feel yeah. like I'm dying. Yes, that is what you just said, in my opinion, is when you, I'm telling you, when you love yourself, um, when you realize, again, we're talking about perspective here, when you realize that you deserve you deserve to feel amazing and to feel great. When you have this awakening and when you become aware of how you feel when you eat certain foods, mm-hmm. I am telling you, it's like you reach this euphoria or this bliss that is just like, oh my gosh, it's that simple? Like, <laughs> oh, it's for real, like when I don't eat that, I feel this way. Or when I do eat that, I feel this way. Like, that's what I'm saying. There is a connection when it comes to food and health. Food is medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are, me personally, and I feel like it was important for me to write this book, Whole New You, especially within the African-American community. You know, we we don't have resources or educational tools or representation um, that, you know, includes us within these conversations so that we are aware and that we do know Oh, this, this is what happens. Um, so, you know, it's, it's all about, that's the other thing with answer that's important to me. It's all about creating community. It's all about creating awareness. And once you have awareness, then, you know, hopefully there's action that follows that, um, which is what this is all about. It's all about helping and inspiring people to reach their potential when it comes to feeling good and feeling great about themselves. We have a lot of things we want to cover with you. But one other thing I did want to highlight that you said is around the stress. So I um, was talking to my older sister and her dad might be in his 60s, maybe late 50s and had a lot of like heart complications and problems. So she was like, Mm -hmm. you know what, let me just make sure that I'm I'm okay because she's in her um, 40s. And she was like, okay, wait, let me do the math. He's got to be in his 50s. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing out here on public podcasts? <laughs> but she went to um, a nutritionist, like a family friend, and she really had her focus on stress with her heart because she was like, listen, you can, you can do all the tests in the world, but like, if you are not getting your sleep and controlling like stress, mm-hmm. anxiety, like that mm-hmm. is such a thing that affects black people, especially. And, um, and women, especially she spoke women. to and women. And mm-hmm. she was saying, because we hold so much in. Yes. And it literally can start to make your body deteriorate. I know. It was, yes. It was I, I know. It's, <laughs> No, 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 no. It's the thing. It's, it's, it's so true because again, this is just about awareness and this is just about, mm-hmm. um, conversation. You know what I mean? And again, like with my doctor, I didn't realize how much stress affects your body. You know, mm-hmm. they say that really stress is like the number one killer. It really mm-hmm. is. So. When you exercise, when you meditate, and those were the other things that I was also doing on my journey, 
you are actually calming your um, your uh, brain waves down. And not only are you doing that when it comes to meditation, when you calm your brain waves down and, and you meditate, you're breathing, you're getting rid of you know the stressors, it's also helping your immunity. Mm. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? Allowing your body to reset, allowing your body to rest. And that's why sleep is important as well, um, to reset, rejuvenate, love on yourself. You know, um, it's, 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 it's so important to understand what stress can do to your body. And the older you get too, the more you realize like, I, I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't have time. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. You know, when you're, when you're young, you're always trying to please or you're always, you know, you're always trying to be a part of. And, but as you get older, you're like, no, I know what stress does to my body and I don't, I don't have time for that. But, but that is, that is a fact, what you, what you were saying, especially on, on the heart. And I feel like women, you know, one of the leading causes of death for us is our, you know, heart is heart disease, heart attacks and all that. And I feel like as women, we are nurturers at heart and we're always putting others first before taking care of ourselves. And that's why, again, with answer, it was important for me to, to use that hashtag. We have a hashtag self-care isn't selfish. Hmm. In a society, you know, women are, of course, supposed to do everything. Um, you know, yes, we're nurturers, we're mothers, we're wives, we're best friends. Um, but I, I even saw it with my own mother, you know, it was like, she would do everything for everybody and work so hard at the end of the day, she was depleted. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how is that? How is that a good thing? You know what I mean? Like she should be able to feed into herself, fill up her cup, reach her potential when it comes to feeling amazing, great and healthy so that she can be the best mom, so that she can right. be the best friend. So I feel like society has it. I want to change that narrative and say, yes, I'm a nurturer. Yes, I want to help. But I that not at the cost of killing myself. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's real. And, you know, as I said, we're not even moms yet. I can't imagine being a mom. I'm like, I'm already oh, yeah. always on the go, forgetting to eat, forgetting to drink water. Yes. Now I'm going to get some supplements. So <laughs> my terrible diet. I mean, um, once you, you have to fall in love with yourself. And once yeah. you fall in love with you and fall in love with yourself, then you're going to be like, wow, I have the energy to do this. I have the energy to do that. And I'm happy doing it. And I yeah. feel good doing it instead of just doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It does. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So I would need to ask, some questions about your characters because I'm obsessed with yep. literally all of them. Um, <laughs> Thank so, you. So we obviously know you from Sister Sister. Actually, I have to tell you this. The other day it was Halloween and yeah. my friends and I like watched Saw and then I got back to my apartment and I was like, stupid, why did you watch that? Now you can't sleep. And so I put on Sister Sister and it oh. instantly changed my mood. I was like, now I feel safe. No one's going to come oh. <laughs> I'm laughing. It's better. Um, Aww, awesome. We know you from Sister Sister, the game. Um, my nieces are obsessed with your show Family Reunion which is on Netflix. <laughs> so I was wondering, which of your characters are you most like? Is it Tia Landry, Melanie, oh. Med School, or Coco? That is a really good question. So I'm actually a lot like all of my characters. 
And I think that's one of the main reasons why I choose them or I feel like they choose me Mm. because I'm very much like my characters. So Sister Sister, Tia Landry, um, you know, she she definitely, I'll say this, she's the one that I was least, uh, Tia Landry, she was the studious one. Um, which I would say I'm definitely more <laughs> studious than my sister, but she was smarter. Like she's, she, I was the one that was like, it took me a longer time to memorize and to grasp a concept. So I became studious because of that. You know what I mean? Like okay. I'm in my books and for my sister, she, she would just get it like that. So she would just like open up a book and be like, all right, I'm done. I'm, you know, off doing something else. Um, but the uh, Tia Landry was also very like shy and very quiet. That's not me. Like, no, I'm like I, very I much like, like a switch. Yes. Like, you yes. You should definitely. have been Tamara and she yes, should have been exactly. Tia. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I would say that would be the least like me. Um, let's see. The next one was the game. So the game that was Melanie was me. Like that was Melanie was so me. And I think that's why I totally enjoyed that character because where Melanie was in life was where I was in life. Meaning I was dating Corey at the time, who is my husband. And I was all about his career. You know what I mean? I was done with sister, sister. I was, you know, in college and I was like, you know what, Corey, we going to do this, you know, let's study your lines. You know, I was like rooting him on just like how Melanie was rooting Derwin Davis on, you know, to be a, football player and she was like oh by his God. side 24 7 that 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 was me and um I loved playing Melanie Barnett uh so that was very much like me and then also Coco so Coco I would say is the closest to who I am in real life because she's a mom she's she's non-traditional and she grew up or she's surrounded by traditional, um, you know, Madeir, uh, you know, from the South, religious. And that was me. I grew up in the church. Um, my mother, you know, and my family, they're very, very religious. Um, but I'm all about embracing all religions and I'm non-traditional. Um, and so it was very different when it came to, you know, my parenting styles. And my mother's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm very much like Coco. Um, and she's definitely a lot of fun to play because of that, because I grew up in that world. You know what I mean? Where mm. my grandmother, I, I remember I went, I graduated from college and I literally, my shirt was just off my shoulder like this, you know, it was like a shirt, you know, a shirt off the shoulder. And she was like, where you going? Uh, <laughs> some clothes on. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so. That show is so, it's so cute. I watch it when my nieces come over. They're coming this weekend and I know they're going to have me watching all their shows. Um, but I love how it's like, you are like so non-traditional and it shows like, you know, kind of, I don't want to say the growth of like black parenting, but like how we're, we're evolving, but still like the importance of those roots and like your mother-in-law in the show still like kind of keeps everyone together. Like, and you need that. It's really, yes. it's a great show. It's, it's, thank you so much. It's like about, it's, it's about finding that balance, you know, like my mother whooped my ass. Okay. Growing up. <laughs> really? You seem like a well-behaved oh, no, child. No, no, my mom. That was the thing. I never thought, I never did anything wrong. 
We would come home from school because we lost a barrette, you know, like we had barrettes, you know, when you put little barrettes at the end of your hair, yeah. if we lost one, butt whooping, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> you got a C on your report card, butt whooping. <laughs> but my point is, is that you said, you know, especially within the black community, like we're evolving, like that was, that's what you did. You, you got your butt whooped. And me raising my children, I don't think, you know, so, and my mother's like, what? <laughs> I literally, my, so I'm in a, you know, a committed relationship. And so we yeah. talk about parenting and he's mm. very anti-beating. And I'm like, yes. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to, but I do think there are instances where it could or may be warranted. And so yeah. I, I call my mom. And she, I go, mom, so what do you think about beating? And mind you, my mom has only beat me like twice. Um, okay. Because I was very afraid of her. Like she just had to look at me and it, it worked. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, spare the rod, spoil the child. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that's, especially when you grow up in a religious household, that is the justification and the why. Yeah. Spank your children. Um, but I did, you know, study psychology at Pepperdine University mm. and we studied growth and child development. And, you know, again, I started to, I could see what, why sometimes, you know, it's easier to go to sparing the rod than really sitting down, taking the time to talk to your child and talk it out and explain why. Um, it takes more time. You know what I mean? And it takes more energy and it takes more effort. And when you have parents that work really hard, you know, um, working all day and then you do something <laughs> that you're not supposed to, it's easy for you to be like, definitely. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, damn, I would really be messing up whole meals, forgetting to take out the chicken from the freezer. <laughs> okay. But to be fair, just to our parents' credit, I feel like they also were like, at least my mom, she was tired. Stress out. Yeah. But so, I, yes, I do want to evolve when it's my turn. Um, my mother, she would, you know, post-its. But my mother's going to kill me, but I love my mom. <laughs> um, she's, you know, she's, she's great. Don't get me wrong. She's just very traditional. Yeah. Um, I know, mean, she did a great job. She, hey, she mm -hmm. did. Like, I mean, all of her kids are yeah. great kids, you know. Um, yeah, so my it. mother, she would, because, you know, she worked a lot, right? And so we had done something wrong. She was like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> I'm going to get you when I come back. Uh, I remember one time Tamara and I, and we would always get spankings together. Like it was, it wasn't, it was never one or the other. It was like both of y'all, like even if Tamara did something wrong and I had nothing to do with it because I didn't, you know, help. It's just like guilty by association. Oh my it's a nice so, way to bond. <laughs> right? I guess it is a nice way to bond. So I remember one time we had come back home from school and we were like, oh, she, she, she must have forgot. She must have forgot. But we had walked into her room and she had on her computer a post-it that said, <laughs> She literally, it was on her computer. It was on her to do. No. <laughs> I am so serious. <laughs> that's I, why. That's why. <laughs> I'd be shook. I'd be like, okay, this lady's not playing around. Okay, I I have a question because your dad, he's is he white American? My dad is white, and he never. My dad, yes, he's white American. Um, our family, our roots are like his side is from um Ireland. Okay. Um, 
but my dad never spanked us. And there was this one time where my mother was like, you gonna give him a spanking. And my dad, he pretended to spank us or spank me. So he was like, okay, scream, scream. And he hit the belt on the bed. <laughs> we're like, oh! That's amazing. That is amazing. I you guys exclusive information here. <laughs> Tea is spilled in here. You've that entered so the group funny. chat. Oh my this is God, how it but goes it's down. real. It's real. This is maybe that's why Tamir and I and the kids were, were all so <laughs> straightened up and fly, right? Wait, wow, but thank God so for my funny. dad. Okay, yeah. I also have another question because you talked about when you and Corey were dating and mm-hmm. You were like helping him with the lines. I have a question. In that period between dating and getting engaged, can you talk about that period? Was it like, oh did Lord? Ta- <laughs> did you talk I wonder why about- she's asking you this? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, it was it. There, okay. This is a really good question. So again, I feel like. What Corey and I, what we learned about ourselves, and, and we didn't get there right away, um, but we learned about ourselves through conversation and talking and being very open and honest with one another. We have our own journey, meaning everybody has their own journey in life, right? Some people, they'll start dating and then they get married a year, two years later. That's their journey. And there were many of times where my parents, you know, and friends are like, when y'all going to get married? Like, when y'all going to get married? Because we were together for eight years before we got married. Yes. And I'm so grateful that we didn't allow outside societal pressures to influence us to do something. Because at the end of the day, you two are in your union. Mm -hmm. Don't let other people dictate what's best for you. You guys know what's best for you. Now, I'm not saying that there, I wasn't influenced, meaning when you go, when we don't get married, Corey, like, you know, I got my mama on me or I got my daddy on me or I got da 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 da. Um, <clears throat> I'm not saying that that never happened. Yes, it did. But where, like I was saying, we, we were able to work, um, to a place. Um, where we were like, you know what? At the end of the day, we just need to do what's best for us. Um, and so we talked about it. You know what I mean? What's best for Corey? Corey, he wanted to get married when he felt, you know, comfortable within himself. Um, and same thing with me. We were able to, um, communicate and get on the same page. But I think the advice, if that's what you're asking, um, I would say, Definitely communicate what you need and what you want. Um, and you should do the same. But then ask again, why? Where is this coming from? Is this coming from societal pressures? Is this coming from, you know, your parents or what your friends are saying what needs to happen? Or is this what really you and your partner want? And I think that's what really helps Corey and I. And we took that into our marriage as well, meaning um, having children. Like we waited a few years before we had Cree. And so many people are like, when you have a baby, when you have a baby, or even after Cree, when you have another baby, when you have another baby, when you have another baby, it's just like, we're going to do, do you, do you, and do 
what you and your union, what's best for you and your union, not yeah. what's best for someone else. I, I find that so like crazy about life. It's like you're going, 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 then okay, it's like you're going to college, right? Or like whatever, like that path is supposed to be. Then you finish and it's like you're supposed to get this incredible job and then it's like mm-hmm. a few years and it, then mm-hmm. out of the blue, I'm supposed <laughs> to meet someone and get married and have mm-hmm. kids. I'm like, and it, it's one thing after the other. It's so mm-hmm. like, why do we do this to ourselves? Exactly. It's true. And, and it's, it's, I think, you know, as I get older and as I go through life and just seeing how my children, how they're being raised and, um, I, I really, again, I think it, it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning about self focusing on self, mm-hmm. what's important to self as opposed to being dictated in what you think others think about you or what you think others think what is best for you or what society thinks what's best for you. And we kind of fall into this trap of pleasing others and putting our attention on other people as opposed to really looking deep inside I had read something, had seen something online where at the end of the day, no one else lives with you but you. You go home in your own body. You live in your body, your mind. Nobody else is in with you. So why not make you happy? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, what is wrong with you doing what's best for you. Now look, you may put yourself in a situation that's effed up, but guess what? You've learned from it right. and then you grow from it as opposed to going through life living someone else's life for you. Yeah. No, it's not like on y'all. No, this that's what we do here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Chelsea, and I do you like wanna to get- I, I was Sorry. just gonna say I always like to, I have a I have an older sister she's 16 years older than me, um and then I have like like her friends I just like learning from like people who have had a little bit more life experience than me you know like what what can I learn so I just wanted to ask that. What would you do? I am super excited for your upcoming holiday movie because I like feel good movies um and it's called Miracle in Motor City and it's gonna be on Lifetime November 28th. Can you just quickly tell us what it's about? Yes. So I play Amber Dupont, um, who is a social worker. Um, and she basically bites off a little more than she can chew when she promises um, um, a legend to come to her church's uh, fundraiser. And that legend happens to be Smokey Robinson. So they're trying to raise money for their church. I know. I know. They're trying to raise money for their church because the roof is, you know, falling apart, among some other things. and her mom ended up passing away um, and her mom would, you know, help assist with everything. So she ends up taking over and um, yeah, so that's kind of like the gist of, of, of the, of the story, just her trying to find Smokey Robinson, chase him down. Does he show up? Does he not show up? But I think what's amazing about this movie and very different from a lot of the other Christmas movies that I've done 
is we have Motown. And you know, for me, it's all about representation. Um, It's all about culture. And to be able to add that special element um, into this movie was very special, um, which is just wonderful. And then also what I love about this movie is at the end of the day, I feel like that's all we need is love. And Amber, you know, DuPont, she is a, um, a social worker and she's falling in love with this, her, this little girl. Her name is Lily in the movie. She's her foster child, but she's hesitant. She wants to adopt her, but she's hesitant because she doesn't feel like she has the traditional mm-hmm. family unit because it's just her. So what's great about this story is you learn at the end of the day it's love, and that's the only thing that you need. Of course, there's a romance story um, within the movie, which is also awesome. Um, but I think those two elements are what meaning the Motown, um, you know, this feel and vibe of maybe Smokey Robinson, and then uh, the relationship between her and her foster daughter. It just makes this movie very special. I love that. You said Smokey Robinson, so now my mother also has to watch. She sees I know. Smokey I Robinson. Dropped. I love that. When you said goes, that, we were like, that. oh, yes. And he does, guys, yeah, he does an exceptional, I mean, it's an exceptional, phenomenal job. Like, Smokey is a legend. Yes, Amazing. absolutely. Epic. So we'll jump into our what would you do? And we don't yes. normally do this with guests, but I think this one will be great for you because I feel like you'll have good advice. Oh, God, right. I'm yeah. scared. <laughs> it's, I'm it's, Listen, you might need to make a new supplement after this. That's all I'll say. Okay. Okie dokie. Dear BGT, my sex drive is not what it used to be. I think because I recently started birth control. I also got promoted at my job and am one of the youngest directors at my company at only 29. Anyhow, my fiance and I aren't having sex like we once did. We can go weeks without sex, and although it doesn't necessarily bother me, I know it bothers him. I don't want him going elsewhere for what I'm not giving him, but honestly, I'm so tired and sometimes just don't feel like it. I tried taking the horny goat supplement from the gas station, but it made me sick and had my heart racing. Any advice? Well, girl, my first, you know, I'm a foodie. First of all, down some oysters, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Not the supplement from the gas station. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, that you know, ooh, that is a very, very tough question. Uh, this, this would be my advice. Number one. I think so she's saying that her sex drive is low, correct? She's feeling just overwhelmed yeah. um, with work um, and all of that. And birth control, she said. And yeah, and she said control. she just started birth control. Yes. Um, first of all, communication is so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. I really, 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 really think that you need to be open about how you're feeling and open about your challenges um, with your partner. And really approach the situation with love um, and an open heart because you want to be an example for him, right? So the way that you're approaching the situation, hopefully he can feel the temperature in the room and be open and approachable and embracing when it comes to you, right? Um, So I think communication is the most important thing because she had mentioned like, you know, I don't want my partner, you know, to go elsewhere or I think the more you communicate about it, um, the better. 
And, you know, hopefully both of you will get on the same page when it comes to empathy and sympathy, right? So she's feeling empathetic and sympathetic towards him, and then he's feeling empathetic and sympathetic towards her. So then both of you guys are like on the same page when it comes to how you're feeling. So when that perspective and communication is healthy, then you can move towards working on a solution, right? That solution could be finding a supplement or, you know, you know, it's so, so funny. We actually had, cause we're working on finding our new supplement and what that supplement is. And a part of the conversation was trying to find something, you know, to help sex drive and stuff like that. So it's, it's, Look at that. it's very interesting. I know, I know, I know. So, and how we, how we figure things out is we, we have an email chain, you know, of, of a community and we'll ask, you know, questions and stuff like that. So it's interesting that you said that. Um, but anyway, talking about you know, about how important um, this is to him and how this is important to you. Like if you want to please your man and it sounds like you do, then, you know, come to a, you know, to an agreement with one another and maybe, you know, start with a supplement and find something to help improve, you know, your sex drive. And, or maybe, you know, your partner, you know, is he's sympathetic or empathetic towards you. But I think, you know, the, the key here is getting on one accord and understanding one another and being empathetic and sympathetic towards each other's challenges and feelings and then come to some sort of um, agreement. But I think by you even asking the question and um, bringing awareness to the situation, I think that's the first start. You know what I mean? Um, which is important. You're bringing awareness to your feeling and don't be afraid to, to share that with your partner. And um, again, approach it in a loving, um, supportive way so then that he can do the same for you. So hopefully, I, <laughs> and then, like I said, down some oysters and <laughs> see how you feel after that. Literally, I had. Go out to eat, honey. Have a glass of wine. A dozen, maybe two. No, (laughs) I I had a similar conversation recently and I'm actually on the the other end of the spectrum where I'm like, I want it all the time. And it was like a very genuine, like, well, this is my perspective and this is how I feel about it. And like, I think it's because you're like, wow, we're really getting like very prescriptive talking about sex and like plans and, and sex drives and sex life. And people think like, Oh, well, you just have sex and that's it. But like, you literally have to communicate and I am so bad at it. So girl, if I can do it, you you can do it. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, can I just say, I'm so happy that we are having this conversation because I was just sharing with one of my friends. I feel like it's important for women to talk about sex. And I feel like it's important for women to talk about what they need and what they want. Because again, Back to our conversation earlier, society, it's almost like we're not allowed to or we're not supposed to. It's like the only connection that sex is when it comes to us is having the baby or having right. babies. And yeah. it's like, no, that's that's actually not fair. Um, we have wants. We have needs as well. And I feel like it's important for us to feel comfortable about talking about that and talking about our wants and our needs. And Sex is is beautiful. Sex is wonderful. And why isn't it something that women can be open about talking about? So that's why that's why I was saying with the girl who's asking for advice, I I'm I'm glad that she's having this conversation and yeah. she's being aware of it and not 
holding it in because societal pressures will make you think that, you know, I'm not supposed to even be talking about this because I'm a woman. Yeah. Okay. One question. Do you, okay, no, two questions, not two questions. One thing for the, for the listener, um, you also mentioned birth control and I have heard that birth control does like mess with your sex drive. So maybe try mm. a different birth control. Um, yeah. If you've noticed that. And then the other thing, do you all think it's weird? Because my, my, I heard that sometimes guys have more of a sex drive than, than women do. So something that women can do is like, put little secret reminders in their phone of when to initiate sex. <laughs> like, like maybe twice a week you initiate it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I'm a huge, I was very open about my, you know, um, situation where Corey and I, especially when I feel like when we, like I said earlier, we all live busy lives, right? It's just as different where, you know, two or three jobs um you know a lot of women were like go-getters you know what i mean um we're aggressive with our careers or just people in general and when you have children and when you're married and we've been married for a long time i truly believe that sex is important i believe that intimacy is it's it's important in a relationship yes. and do whatever it takes meaning yeah. if that's putting a little reminder putting a little note having a conversation and saying, honey, let's put this in the calendar. I mean, I don't find that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's, again, I think it's, it's a part of communication and, and communication. Um, it's an important factor when it comes to any relationship mm-hmm. because it makes, it makes communication makes your other partner accountable. If yeah. you don't say yes. anything, well, then how will they know? Exactly. Right. They're not a mind reader. They're not mind readers. Yeah. I wish people were. It'd make my life so much easier. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the advice. Um, thanks, listener, for writing in. Um, you can email us anything like that. Any what would you use at hello at black girls texting at Yes. Oh yeah, is that right? <laughs> Um, I think I'm still like in shock that we just kind of talked about sex with Tia Mowry. So I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm so glad that you joined the group chat. I'm really excited to hit buy in my cart um, of answer supplements. Um, and you're welcome to the group chat anytime. Um, thanks for joining. Oh my gosh, this is so much fun. This was such an incredible conversation. So kudos to you guys for having real, uplifting, inspiring, found and beneficial conversations to help with the community. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah. Fangirling still. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.